0: This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon offered on Pentecost Sunday, May 23rd, 2021, at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Greensboro, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 21 the coming of the Holy Spirit to the disciples. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I always commend the lector on Pentecost Sunday. It's always a trick when you get the Jerusalem phone book to make your way through that. So well done. Um, Well done indeed. We are now 50 days from Easter this is the conclusion of the easter tide season we'll next week shift away from starting our sunday services with that wonderful opening acclamation of hallelujah christ is risen the lord is risen indeed and we will move into the long season after the feast of the pentecost but we're not quite ready to leave this time of celebration yet Pentecost literally means 50, and in the Jewish tradition, it meant specifically 50 days after the Passover. It was one of the three great celebrations that invited pilgrimage to Jerusalem, to the temple. And so when we hear in Acts the story of the Pentecost, Jerusalem would have been filled with people for this festival called the Festival of the Weeks was a harvest festival that would bring people into Jerusalem. For most of Jerusalem, the 50 days between the Passover and this festival in that sort of early first century Palestine would have been rather unremarkable. They would have maybe taken some note of Jesus' crucifixion. There might have been some talk around town about Weird people saying strange things about an empty tomb. Some folks may have even heard about the resurrection, but generally in Jerusalem, life has gone on and has now moved to the celebration of another festival. But for those disciples of Jesus, the 50 days between the Passover and this festival had been quite extraordinary first of course there was the world shattering pain disappointment and dismay of christ's crucifixion then three days later there was the shock and amazement of finding an empty tomb and then the sudden appearance of jesus on the road to emmaus and how he revealed the scriptures to them and was made known to them in breaking of bread And then seeing Jesus again and being promised the giving of the Holy Spirit, and then watching Jesus ascend to heaven to return to the Father. It had been a remarkable 50 days indeed. And now Acts tells us that they were all together, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, his brothers, the the apostles who have now been joined by St. Matthias, and about 120 Jesus followers as remarkable as the intervening 50 days from Jesus' crucifixion to this festival were all the things that they had seen life was about to get a lot more interesting because here's the trick there is no subtlety when the holy spirit shows up when the holy spirit arrives in the book of acts There is the sound of rushing wind and fire, and the Holy Spirit gives the gift of language and understanding to those first followers of Jesus. Such a commotion is created that all of the devout Jews that were in Jerusalem for the festival start coming out to see what is going on. They say, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? We could perhaps interpret that as Aren't all these speaking southerners that aren't really good at speaking foreign languages but yet here they are out there speaking in tongues? How is it that each of us hear our own language and we can understand what they are saying? How can we hear in our own language them speaking about God's deeds of power? Certainly In the cacophony of language that erupted from the early followers of Jesus on that Pentecost, the devout Jews that showed up would have heard some of those disciples speaking in their language, talking about Jesus healing the sick and lame and feeding the crowds and walking on water. They would have heard another disciple speaking about the empty tomb and the appearance on the road to Emmaus. But they would have also heard the disciples speaking about how God created the earth out of nothing, how the Spirit of God moved over the deep as life was called forth, and how God breathed life into humankind. They would have heard in their own language the deeds of power of God that led to the covenant with Noah, the promise to Abraham to have descendants that outnumbered the stars, They would have heard the story of God's liberating call out of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea and the law given to Moses on Mount Sinai. They would have heard the stories of King David and his Psalms and maybe even heard sung again in their own language the wonderful songs of ascent to go up to the temple for worship or the wisdom of Solomon. They would have in that moment with the disciples speaking in their own languages have heard the words of the prophets again calling them to return to God's justice, God's love, and God's righteousness. And I think in that moment of all of those stories, they would have also heard God's deeds of power in the individual lives of the disciples They would have maybe heard Peter speaking about what it was to be called away from his nets to follow Christ. They would hear of the transformational love of Jesus, how it it felt to leave their jobs, to be sent out two by two to preach and to teach and heal in the name of God. All of that, all of these stories and testimonies offered in the language of the many nations and tribes of Israelites that found themselves in Jerusalem for that festival of Pentecost, went from being a cacophony of noise into a symphony of God's love and testimony, something that each person could understand. Now, if we imagine for the moment what it might look like to suddenly show up to a bunch of people speaking in 12, 13, 14 different languages, all that we could somehow understand and that spoke to us and told us these amazing things, we can probably understand why the folks that showed up said they must be drunk on new wine. And so Peter steps forward and one points to the earliness of the day to prove that it is not because of the new wine that they have consumed, but explains instead that what they are hearing is because in the last days God declared that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and even upon my slaves both men and women in those days i will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy peter is quick to point out that the seeming chaos of this moment is not about the disciples or drunkenness on new wine. What is happening in this moment is what had been foretold by the prophet Joel, that now no longer will the Spirit of God be confined to rest on a single person or a single prophet, but now all the faithful people will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that all those who believe can now speak prophetic words of God's love and salvation into the world. Peter points and says, in these days, we will listen to the wisdom of our young people as they offer visions to us and lead the way into a community that is living into the coming kingdom of God. And these days we will listen to our elders who have based their life and experience on service to God and allow them to dream dreams that challenge us to draw the circle of God's love wider and wider. Because in these days, Peter says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. By the time Peter gets done speaking, That group of 120 believers now grew by 3,000 people thereabouts that were baptized and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. As the season of Easter once again comes to a close with our celebration of Pentecost, we will join together to renew our baptismal promises to renew the promises that either we made or that were made on our behalf when we received the Holy Spirit and were marked as Christ's own forever. We as a people of faith will again stand and state our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed and commit ourselves to the dream of God's kingdom built on love and justice. We'll pray for the mission of the church and we'll pray for ourselves to become agents of the Holy Spirit so that we can carry out the good news of Jesus Christ into the world. I think there is a lot that we can learn from the first Pentecost that we read about in Acts and about our mission in the world. We know, even though we maybe as Episcopalians, like to avoid the uncomfortable fact that we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit And by that baptism, we have received the gift of language and understanding, which specifically means we have received the gift of telling the story of God's deeds of power, just like they did on that first Pentecost in Acts. Now that doesn't mean that we all can speak Spanish or German or French or Latin or anything like that, but what that does mean is that we allow the Holy Spirit to embolden us to tell those around us about the deeds of power that God has worked in our lives and that God has worked throughout Scripture The work of translation that you do when you leave this place fed by bread and wine and emboldened by the Holy Spirit is to translate the faith that you have received and learned here into what the world out there can understand. Now, sometimes that maybe looks like food pantries or tornado relief, but other times, and maybe most uncomfortably, that means that you share with somebody what it means to be loved by God and saved through Jesus Christ that you put words and expression along with your actions. When we do that, we grow the church. There's no trick to it. It's just about letting ourselves be fed by the Holy Spirit and be brave enough to go out into the world to share the good news that even now in these days, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Amen.